Welcome to A Big Heart, a podcast about living with heart disease. I'm Mike Papali, and I'm the president and founder of In A Heartbeat, a nonprofit organization with a mission to prevent death from sudden cardiac arrest. I witnessed sudden cardiac arrest at age 17 and have been living with heart disease for over a decade. This podcast will dissect the physical and emotional obstacles of living with heart disease and how to overcome them. I am inviting you to join me on my personal journey of living as a heart disease patient. The ultimate goal of this podcast is to help heart disease patients of all ages live a long and normal life. Welcome everyone to the next episode of A Big Heart, a podcast about living with heart disease. A Big Heart is powered by In Heartbeat. In a Heartbeat is a nonprofit organization with the mission to prevent death from sudden cardiac arrest. This is done by donating AEDs, providing CPR and AED training, raising money for research projects, providing support to patients, and offering free ECGs to children, teens, and young adults. To learn more about In a Heartbeat, visit www.inaheartbeat.org. All right, welcome back, podcast listeners. Happy New Year. I hope everybody is doing well and had a great holiday season with their family and friends. I know, again, it's been a long time since our last episode, but I'm really excited about uh, our episode this week. We have a special guest, uh, Tori Geiger. Uh, Tori is a heart disease patient, a former athlete. She is an entrepreneur. Um, and she is the author of a book from Vulnerable to Victorious, Turning Your Chronic Illness into Your Victory Story. Um, and we are going to talk about all of that in the upcoming episode. Um, before we get into that, <clears throat> uh, I just want to first of all, of course, apologize for my voice. Uh, I am mid high school basketball season, so I spend about two hours a day coaching and, and talking very loudly, occasionally yelling. Um, so my voice is definitely a little bit off, so I apologize. Also, just a reminder, my memoir, A Big Heart, about my journey living with heart disease is available for purchase, and a percent of, of each book sale is donated right back to our nonprofit in a heartbeat. Uh, to buy the book, you can visit www.abigheartbook.com. I should say www.abigheartbook.com. And I'd love to hear your feedback if you have a chance to to read it. So, all right, without further ado, let's welcome on Tori Geiger. All right, we now welcome on a very special guest. Today we have Tori Geiger joining us from the West Coast. Thank you for being with us today, Tori. Yes, thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, so I'm super excited. You have an awesome story and you're doing some great work now. So we're going to get into all of that as we go. But the first thing is, um, so you were diagnosed with heart disease pretty much um, upon being born. So pretty immediately they knew. And I know you clearly don't remember any of that. But um, just just out of curiosity, and I think it's a good thing for listeners to hear is like, how did they know? And um, based on what they've told you, what were those like first few days like? Yeah, so I was diagnosed in utero. So my parents went in for a regular ultrasound and they, the tech kind of saw that there was something weird 
And then the doctors came in after that and told my parents, you know, her heart is malformed, like, and they went through the details. They weren't sure exactly what I had, um, but that was kind of the beginning. Um, And then when I was born, they still didn't know a lot until they actually got in there. So I had my first open heart surgery when I was four days old. And that's when they really knew what they were dealing with. Hmm. Uh, And I think that's around the time I was actually diagnosed with what my heart condition was, which was Epstein's anomaly. And then I also had a coarctation of my aorta. Gotcha. Um, and it's, it's almost, you know, thinking about it, obviously it was probably a very traumatic and difficult time for your, for your parents, but having that knowledge at such a young age, um, is, is also really important. Um, because from there, I, you know, they're able to have an action plan to kind of keep you safe as you grow. So, um, so that's good, you know, in, in a yeah. sense, but it's kind of like now, you know, you're, you're, obviously you get to a point where your, your family or your parents or your doctors have to kind of sit you down and, and have that conversation with you. And I don't know if you remember that first conversation, but I'm just kind of curious, like growing up um, as a young person living with heart disease, how did it affect your, your childhood kind of leading up into your teenage years? After I had those, you know, first initial surgeries, I was a baby, so I don't remember those surgeries, but growing up, I had annual checkups um, that I was going to. And I always remember the doctors were having conversations directly with my parents, but they did loop me in on like kind of the basics of what was going on and what they were looking for when they do ultrasounds. Um, and I think it wasn't until I probably hit mid elementary school that they really, I would say were more real with what my heart condition could entail a Mm -hmm. lot. The doctors became a lot more serious about, you know, exercise Mm -hmm. and, you know, when, when I was little, they were kind of like, you know, let her just be a kid and just kind of watch her. But as I got older, um, they were definitely a lot more cautious. And I think there was a little bit more doomsday kind of mentality. I think when I'd go into the doctors, they were very like, well, you'll go until you can't. And -hmm. they kind of felt like there was going to be a point where I couldn't. Um, And I didn't hit that point, but I think that's something I lived with. um, Mm -hmm. Of course. Through my childhood, thinking that there was going to be that point. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a fear that kind of just kind of exists in the back of your mind. Um, Yeah. And when you say they were, they were very cautious about exercise. I think there's like, there's probably like a balance, right? Cause obviously they want you as a young person to be active and, and getting your yeah. heart rate up. Right. And, and exercising and, and playing at recess and doing playing sports and all that, I guess what, what did they talk kind of about that balance, like the importance of doing it, but also maybe not pushing yourself too much. Yeah, it was basically just watching the intensity and also the physical nature. So I know I played basketball growing up and they were mm-hmm. also just super um, ca- or cautious of me getting hit in the chest, mm-hmm. um, different things like that. Um, my oxygen levels are kind of just funny um, just because I, my heart's not efficient. <laughs> and so, you know, being out of breath, so running, things like that, like there's a certain point you can push yourself, but if you're not able to catch that full breath and recover and I'm actually harming my heart mm-hmm. instead of you know being healthy and active like the other side of that so yeah yeah that's certainly a very prominent uh this speaking of recent uh media events uh the whole heart health with the sex in the city episode in the peloton I don't know if you saw that whole yeah thing. uh it's been very prevalent in the last couple of days um and uh you know seeing Pel- I'm a Peloton rider. So seeing Peloton's response was pretty funny to me, but, yeah. um, so anyways, you, you know, I know we, we talked a little bit before and, you know, you were, um, uh, I don't know if you want me to say this, but you were a very 
very good high school basketball player, right? You played some, um, you know, varsity when you were a freshman and sophomore. And, um, you know, that was the time when I, I guess we kind of like hit that point where you had a, had a near death experience. So could you take us through what happened that day? Yeah. So like you're saying, um, I played on the varsity team. I also would swing down for JV. Mm-hmm. And in that particular game, I played extremely hard and I didn't listen to my body. Um, and my heart was beating uncontrollably. I had a, another heart condition I had developed that's commonly linked with my pre-existing. Uh, it's called supraventricular tachycardia. Mm-hmm. And what that would mean is my heart would go into a rapid fire heartbeat, even if I was sitting down mm-hmm. and not doing anything. So coming off a basketball game with high adrenaline and then sitting down for a second um, to calm down and it still wouldn't calm down. Um, I was in the middle of that basketball game. I was actually, fortunately, I was on the bench at the time. And I stood up and everything started spinning. It was getting like the lights were about ready to go out. Mm -hmm. And I knew this was not going to be good. And so I was with the trainers. They couldn't get my heart to slow down. I was, you know, on the verge of just passing out, which is not good to pass out. (laughs) Um, And so um, they called an ambulance and I was ambulanced from the basketball game. And then they took me to the ER and that's where I was defibrillated three times Wow. to get my heart back. Um, stable rhythm. <laughs> yeah. So I have a couple, you brought up a term that I think is really uh, important, or I think it's really important as a heart disease patient. So um, you didn't listen to your body. So I, I guess kind of talk through what you mean by that, because I think it's important. I've always said like, it's really important specifically for heart disease patients to exercise, but to yeah. listen to their body. So um, yeah. What, what do you, what do you kind of mean when, when you, when you say that? Yeah. So in the, the previous game that I was playing at or playing in, I, um, my heart was beating uncontrollably. And typically Mm -hmm. when that happens, you know, you're supposed to take yourself out, calm it down, and then you can Mm -hmm. step back in. Um, I was also on medication, um, that was supposed to slow my heart down. So I wouldn't go into those episodes Mm -hmm. and it wasn't working and I could tell it wasn't working, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to play (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I wanted, you know, (laughs) prove myself. I wanted, you know, to show, you know, I want more minutes on varsity and show that I can do that. And, um, I ignored just the signs of, you know, like tingling in my, in my fingers, you know, you could see my heart pulsating out of my chest in not a healthy Mm -hmm. way. (laughs) And I ignored that Mm -hmm. and I just kept pushing forward and it, it kicked me in the butt eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's such an important thing. Um, and I always like, cause when you, for someone that doesn't have heart, like before I had heart disease and you're, you're an athlete and you're training, you don't listen to your body because when you do get dizzy or you get short of breath or you get really tired, you think, okay, that's just because I'm pushing myself and I'm trying to pass yeah. out the next person. But as a heart disease patient, it's very important to be aware of those signs and symptoms and, and listen and yeah. it's okay to stop or slow down and, and pick it back up when you feel better. Um, so that's really, really great. I, I think it's a really important topic um, to talk about. Um, so, so that day, so then my other question, I guess, about that day is you were defibrillated three times. Um, do you, rem- do you remember, or was it at that point where you, you know, uh, unconscious when they defibrillated? Yeah, that part, I don't remember being defibrillated. Mm-hmm. Um, that part, great. my parents were, were there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I had pretty much, I think, blacked out at that point. Yeah. And okay. So, yep. Fortunately. Cool. And how long, how long did you have to stay in the hospital? I actually, well, I was there the rest of the night and then they ambulanced mm-hmm. me up to a, a better facility where my heart mm-hmm. care actually is. So I was there pretty much a day and mm-hmm. um, total. 
cool. And then, okay. So then they sent you home and then, you know, you're, you're middle of the basketball season. So I was just like, kind of curious what the recovery was like. Was it like, once they got it under control, could you go right back and play or did they make you kind of sit out for a bit? Yeah, I had surgery the following month. Um, So not um, too long after and that fixed my supraventricular tachycardia. So I wasn't on any medication or anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. And assuming obviously for that month, no, no basketball, no basketball (laughs) for that point. Yeah. Um, All right. So today, uh, you know, that happened in high school and, and I'm just kind of curious today, you, you know, again, we've spoken from t- a couple of times and, and it seems like you have a, a really normal life. So I'm just kind of curious what your kind of quality of life is like and kind of how your heart disease affects you today. Yeah, today I would say I live a fairly normal life. I have still have those annual checkups. The things I have to be really cognizant of are blood pressure, which a lot of that comes from stress different mm-hmm. things like that. And so I try to have a very just balanced lifestyle with diet, mm-hmm. exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as a business owner, it's high stress. Yeah. And so um, for me, I have to take a little bit more rest, I think, than mm-hmm. maybe a typical person. Um, I have to be very cognizant of making my schedule flexible to do that. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you kind of led right into my, uh, and my next question, which is I want to talk about your business and all the great work that you're doing. So um, I'm going to kind of let you do that. So you, uh, you, yeah. you share kind of, you know, your business and, and what the mission is and how you're helping people. Yeah. So this past year I started a blog called Tori Joy Geiger and mm-hmm. I blog about anything from CHD to just chronic illness, mindset, um, just lifestyle tips. Mm-hmm. And um, I also have a platform on Instagram. I'm an author. Um, and so I just share kind of my story and just the tips and frameworks that have helped me, what I say, live a victorious life while living with something and going through adversity with a chronic illness. And so I recently came out with a um, vulnerable to victorious, turning your chronic Mm -hmm. illness into your victory story. And that's a huge part of um, my business as I'm trying to help others, but then also give back to my CHD roots. Yeah. I mean, it's a really important thing because, you know, part of the reason in, in the passion behind the podcast in general is like, you know, you get all this care from your doctors, but there's a piece that I don't think is talked about enough. And that's the learning from other people that have directly like lived through what you're about to live through or also living through. And, you know, having that stuff provides such a valuable resource for people to, to get back because like, you know, you and I are both in a situation where we do have relatively normal lives, but I'm sure if you're anything like me, it, did, it didn't just happen overnight. You know, it took time to like learn your body and learn what you could do and learn what felt good and what didn't feel good to kind of get to this point. So um, really cool resource. So, um, so for the book, um, would you mind going into just a little more detail kind of about like, just about the book in general, number one. Um, and then also more importantly, how can people buy the book? Yes. So the book really is, it's a short read. I would say you could read it in a day and a half. That was my goal. Um, Mm -hmm. And it really, it walks through those events that I went through and even just some of the things I went through in childhood, living Mm -hmm. with a heart condition. Mm -hmm. And then it really focuses on um, just like tips and mindset and even activities that you can be doing Mm -hmm. to not only, um, you know, express what you're going through and deal with it, but also 
to use it for impact. I think one of my values in life is I think that everybody has what I call a victory story. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we can use our stories to impact other people's lives like you're doing with your podcast. And so um, the last or the kind of last part of that of the book really talks about like, how do you do that? And um, the importance of why we do that. Yeah. And so um, those are some major themes. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Like, and I, I feel like I, I wish I realized it like earlier in my life, but when you're like a teenager and young, you don't really think about, it. but it's like the coolest thing you can do is like help other people and make an impact yeah. and like use your platform or your knowledge or your experiences to have an, you know, a real positive impact on somebody's life. So yeah. it's like, right. It's like if one person reaches out and was like, yeah, your book like inspired me, it's like, it makes it all, all worth it. So exactly. Uh, um, so couple more like just uh i'm just kind of curious because we talk about like on on the podcast a lot just like obstacles um so i'm kind of curious like if there were specific like on your road to like getting your life back to normal like were there like specific physical obstacles or like mental obstacles that you kind of had to overcome and if there were kind of like how did you how did you go about overcoming them definitely i think the biggest one for me was redefining what mental toughness was Mm -hmm. Because as an athlete, you thought, you know, I grew up thinking, you know, pushing through, pushing my body, being the best, you know, out doing somebody was necessarily always mental toughness. But what I learned from my heart experience is mental toughness is knowing your body so well that Mm -hmm. you know when you can push it and you know when you can't and when it's going to cause you more harm. Mm -hmm. And I think it was hard for me as an athlete that's very competitive to have to pull myself out of drills and watch my teammates finish when I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And so I think that taught me to be confident in myself though, because I knew myself and it didn't matter what they thought. They -hmm. can think you're weak. They can think what they want to think, but I do know that I I'm resilient. I'm strong because I know my body so well that Mm -hmm. I knew that I needed to stop. So I didn't harm myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that was a huge lesson that if I could pass it on to any, (laughs) um, other heart patient, um, is that knowing yourself is a strength in that regard, mm-hmm. not a weakness. Yeah, that's really interesting. It, 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 it's so true too, because the other thing about like, again, you and I as heart disease patients is we, we don't look sick, right? We look really no. normal. So, um, and, and, and it's also the other stigma about heart disease is like, you're not really supposed to have heart disease when you're in high school. Although yeah. as a society, that's what we think. And that's what my family thought, right? It was like, so there's no way it could be his heart because he's young. We didn't understand. So, you know, to be able to do that and, and, and to just bring some awareness to it, like that heart disease does affect young people. And, and, you know, for you, like you said, to be able to have the, especially in high school when, I mean, I mean, it's probably the most like <laughs> time of your life, right? Yeah, like, totally. Judging you as it is for every other thing you do. And then to, you know, be able to do that, to be able to strong enough, be strong enough to like step out and do what was best for you and your health and, and not really worry about what other people thinking. It's really, really cool. Um, so a couple, a couple last things. So I asked everybody, um, that comes on and I feel like it's a tricky question, but if you were to talk to somebody that was diagnosed with your heart disease today, they just got the call from the doctor, they gave them the diagnosis and they called you and said, could I have one piece of advice to like live the rest of my life? Um, and you yeah. don't have to give just one, but uh, you know, what, what would you tell them? I'd say first, start writing down what you're going through starting yep. now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's so important. I actually did have this happen. Um, I have a very, Epstein's anomaly is very rare mm-hmm. and I haven't met a lot of other people that have mm-hmm. it. And I actually just met a friend over Instagram that was diagnosed when she was 40 with mm-hmm. it. And she was like, what are your tips? And I was just like, okay, write it down and it's going to be okay. Um, and those were kind of my main things of just, you're going to realize so much about yourself when you're going through having something like a heart condition mm-hmm. and you're also going to realize how many you are <laughs> as you go through it and so I think writing it down and then also I guess my last tip would be surrounding yourself with people that are going to uplift you challenge you mm-hmm. and honestly help use whatever you're going through to help kind of bolster you Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say those are my top, those are my top tips. Awesome. Cool. Um, that's awesome. And I, I, I mean, I couldn't agree, agree more. Um, I, I, that's my favorite question I ask because I, I know like my feelings on it, but I've heard so many different like opinions and thoughts and it's all like it, doing this, like help helps me too. It's like, it gives me new perspectives yeah. on so many different things. Um, but yeah, before we wrap up, I mean, could you just like, like tell you know, starting with your book and your business, um, social media, just how to find you, how to contact you, how to buy the book, kind of a little bit of everything just so people can get in touch with you and learn more. Definitely. I'd love to connect with anybody on Instagram. You can find me at Tori Joy Geiger. And then my my website is ToriJoyGeiger.com. You can find blog posts and resources there. And you can purchase the book on Amazon at your regular Amazon marketplace. There's a Kindle, paperback, hardback, and there's an audio book coming out here soon. So, um, all different platforms for every type of reader or listener. Awesome. Cool. Well, Tori, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. And, um, like we talked about before, like I, I know, um, you know, you sharing your, your experiences is going to help people and that's really what makes everything worth it. So thank you so much. And I'm excited to follow the business as you, as you grow. Yes. Thank you so much, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to A Big Heart, a podcast about living with heart disease. If you liked this episode, it would mean so much to me if you could give it a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Like anything in life, the goal is to improve. Please provide any feedback you have, any topics you want to hear, or any guests that can provide value to our listeners. You can message us on Instagram at A Big Heart Podcast or send us an email at mike at in a heartbeat. To learn more about In A Heartbeat and the programs we provide, please visit www.inaheartbeat.org. That is www.inaheartbeat.org.